0: going to screw everything up, I bet. Well, looks like I messed it up. I apologize, folks. Oh, there we go. Now it's live. So anyway, I, I'm just going to start completely over right there because the YouTube feed did not get kicked off right then. I had a setting wrong So, on Restream, so I apologize, folks, for that. But uh, I was just saying that I spent the last uh, couple weeks uh, doing some heavy-duty research on Judaism and uh, Islam, discovering lots of stuff in the uh, primary texts that uh, not too many people out there are willing to discuss. And uh, I appreciate the people who've sent donations for early copies of the work I'm going to uh, send people who donate $10 or more uh, for the show and the work uh, this week. I'm going to send them the early, an early version of it. It's not quite finished yet, but uh, it's almost done. Um, but uh, you might have to wait a few more days before I actually get it out there. For those of you on uh, Facebook and Twitter, etc., you're probably getting a double introduction tonight. My apologies for that. Uh, Dr. Tanya Yoni was on about three weeks ago, and uh, thanks for coming back, Tanya. You're welcome. And uh, so anyway, I haven't done a a regular show for the last few weeks because I've been doing uh, research and this article ended up being about 117 pages so far. So anyway, been a lot of work to uh, get it going and get it finished up till Mm -hmm. about two or three every night for the last couple weeks working on it. Ah, so how has it been going, Dr. Yoni?
1: It's been busy, busy um, at the rest of our, our COVID clinic, basically. And then my regular office schedule, we've had to switch over to Zoom from home. So I see those patients online only starting this past Monday from my home. So that's something new to get used to. I have an older patient population and Zoom's not always easy for them.
0: And uh, I'm sure it's hard to get a real checkup on somebody over a camera with audio.
1: It is. Um, The group I work with, luckily, we have um, some physicians we designate as doctors of the day. So if I have a patient I speak to that I think must see a physician have a doctor lay their hands on them, I'll call the doctor of the day and get the patient in to be seen.
0: Wow, crazy. So, and you've been getting, uh, you've been seeing reports of doctors being spit on in their cars, vandalized, et cetera, for COVID.
1: I've seen this mainly back east. I've seen some articles from, let's see, I think New York City, Florida, and one article from Tulsa, which is actually a nurse I read about. Luckily, here where I live in Southern California, it's been the exact opposite. I mean, people have been very supportive. My last shift at the COVID clinic, someone was kind enough to donate the entire staff free coffee. So
0: nice. And uh, have you seen more healthcare workers getting sick lately, or or ending up in clinics than um, uh, the normal public, almost? Or
1: I have lately. I think where we live in Southern California, we peaked probably last week, and as that peak goes down, it's now the healthcare workers I'm seeing more of because of course we're gonna get it later because we have proper protection. But even with the best proper protection, even healthcare workers you know can acquire it. Most of the ones that I know that were diagnosed um, contracted it outside of work.
0: Really, are you allowed to discuss any of that?
1: I can't discuss anything personal or too private, but you know, luckily the um, group I work for, they have been fantastic. A, Providing correct masks, um, shields, all proper um, protective equipment. So they've been fantastic with that. So the, the few cases I do know of of um, healthcare workers, most of them contracted at home from family. Because you know, we can do the best that we can at work, but once you go home and your your spouse, your children, maybe your in-laws live live with you, it's you know it increases the risk of exposure.
0: What about, uh, let me see, I, was, I just closed this. Uh, you had a patient who was 65 who uh, died a few weeks, a couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm, yes. And you've only had one patient die so far of it?
1: I've had two patients. One lady was 84, and then this was a 65-year-old gentleman.
0: And so for a population of your city, about forty-five, fifty thousand, 50,000, that's, two people. And they've had, uh, in our region, uh, they announced this week that they've had 50 people die out of about 1.5 million or so who live in the County. So much. That's
1: the case. 10 of those were at the nursing home. That, that, right. I used to work at.
0: And so, and that was, and that was in the same town as you. So, so out of those 50, 12 in the same, uh, couple few miles of each other. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so for the rest of the county, uh, you know, where I live, they've only had two cases, I think, something five. like five. And then, uh, <laughs> but I think the county, they said a thousand people so far, but 50 deaths. So we're talking compared to a million and a half people, 50 deaths and a thousand people getting it. That's like oh some, you know, some percent, way less than they Yes, they said. So uh, and there's been a lot of uh, rumors out there that the tests give an 80 percent false positive. But in your experience, Um, what have you seen?
1: Well, I know the test, the research indicates that the test already has a 30 percent false negative rate, which means 30 percent of the time you test a patient that has the virus, it may come back negative incorrectly. That's what the insert, that's what the manufacturer states. But it's been my experience, I would say, for some patients, it's probably more, it's closer to 50%. I've had many patients where the test is negative.
0: And these are false negatives, not false positives.
1: Correct. They're false negatives. And the patients um, tested negative, but based on their exam and history, I ordered a chest x-ray, because luckily we have a machine right there. And they all had classic COVID findings on chest x-ray. There's something they would call... ground glass opacities so just a certain appearance that you learn about on chest x-ray when you see that when I was a medical school when i saw that that meant tuberculosis and there is not a tv outbreak going on right now so the only thing it means at this time would be covid
0: did you see that uh white house short clip that came out recently saying that uh it was a hoax or not asking if it was a hoax uh he says, so it was a hoax, but it was a short clip. It was a hot mic at the white house and they didn't mean to broadcast it really, but, I didn't um, see that. you know, it's, he says it was, uh, they say on the white house thing that it was massively overblown here. I'm going to just show this here. Uh, but people can look this up. It's, uh, I'm not going to play it right now, but, uh, uh, people can check that out. It's just a short clip. He's saying, you know, the guy replies, no, I don't think it's a hoax, but he does say that it was severely overblown. So I think it
1: was, I think part of it was overblown for whatever reason. And part of it too, here in Southern California, we did enact the isolation measures early on, which did bring down the curve, but the curve has been brought down so much now that we need to do something about it because The whole point of isolation was not to prevent all disease contraction. That's impossible. We do want people to become immune. So any disease process out there, it's normal to be exposed, but we didn't want them all exposed and becoming ill at once to overwhelm the healthcare system. We're fine. Um, The hospitals I work, well, I don't work at, but I work with our clinic. We're doing great. We have, you know, plenty of staff, So there's no reason to keep the curve down so low.
0: And interestingly, uh, more people than expected in the Bay Area have already have the antibodies for this, that -hmm. they were tested. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Um, I didn't read the full article. I've been kind of busy. But from what my opinion would be that Back in December, January, Southern California had this huge viral outbreak that we called a flu-like illness. I saw patients um, at my office. I had patients, it. patients through the urgent care. Basically, they tested negative for strep. They tested negative for flu. And it was the worst illness any patient, any doctor had seen, the worst viral illness. But it wasn't flu. And you know, it went through my kids, my family, and we didn't know what it was. I suspect that's what we're having now because Southern California is the top travel destination for most people from China.
0: Well, you know, I was sick as hell for like eight days and, uh, early January or something like that. And it was pretty, uh, tight. Thank you, Dashing Rogue for the, uh, for the, uh, super chat there. Much appreciated. But, uh, you know i got it felt like hell couldn't get out of bed for days all i did was pretty much sleep you know and get up and eat and use the bathroom for a few days but it was it was a miserable experience and uh, i wouldn't be surprised if that's what uh went around then and then uh you know and then they shut down the whole global economy and it was you know probably overblown and you know i spoke with uh john claisick on the show last week and we were discussing how you can't prove a lack of evidence regarding the shutdown and if the, you know, the quarantine of the global population really helped or not, you know, and, um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it did to an extent, but we can't really prove it. And then, you know, I think it was an estimated 260,000 suicides in the month of March alone from the collapse of the economy and all this sort of thing. So, then we have these other issues coming up from the destruction of the economy that will probably take far more lives in the long run than COVID did. And what is the estimate right now, if, if it's accurate, about 40,000? For what? For COVID. 40,000 deaths? I, th- I believe so. And so uh, if the uh, antibody tests are accurate, that means that the virus is even less virulent than it was expected, it would be, Correct. Yes. Correct. And so, and then what, what age group did you see getting, uh, infected more than you suspected they would?
1: I was trained and taught that it would be mainly senior citizens, 65 and older. I mainly saw patients. The most patients I saw were between ages of 18 and about 55.
0: Really? Wow. And, uh, and none of them died though.
1: Luckily, none of mine did. Correct.
0: Well, that's good. So, and somebody is uh, asking uh, for 260,000 suicide Source: uh, The convenient thing, Chaz, is that you have this Google thing right in front of you. You can type it in and see what you find. Um, I didn't verify that, but that's what I have understood. Uh, so everybody has Google right at their fingertips. You can look into that. And, uh, rather than asking me for the source right in the middle of the show, uh, let's see, that would make more sense in my opinion. And so, uh, you know, hydroxychloroquine, mm-hmm. have you had any experience, uh, prescribing that?
1: That's, that's a hot topic still. Um, I did write for it for one patient. I was able to write it for her. Unfortunately, the pharmacies were out completely and she still landed at the hospital for that very reason she couldn't get it filled so they kept her for 3 days and they gave her hydroxychloroquine with zithromax and zinc
0: just in, like I prescribed. in the hospital
1: just like I prescribed for her they even gave it to her orally like I prescribed for her and they discharged her home and the case manager called around and found one pharmacy that still had some in stock so when she left she was able to go get her medication and it worked
0: and Within so 12, how how hours, bad and what's that
1: within twelve hours she started turning around
0: interesting so uh let's see and uh you've heard of uh, a lot of hospitals have been closing down and people being laid off, et cetera, because there's no other surgeries and whatnot going on correct
1: everything elective has been stopped, every hip replacement knee surgery and anything that's not urgent or life threatening has been stopped. There are so many people who are not working um from doctors and nurses down to I've spoke to a pathology technician who's basically working part-time because her job is to study pathology of tissue samples of biopsies they do in surgery. <laughs> so the, the trickle-down effects kind of amazing.
0: And other, other doctors and medical professionals, their salaries have been cut in half.
1: Yes. I've spoken to several colleagues of mine across the country that I know. Um, their insurance system, the way they get reimbursed is different than where I work. And most of those doctors had to take a minimum 25% pay cut. some as much as 50 and 75%.
0: Wow. <clears throat> you know, and for somebody who's paying $3,500 a month for, uh, for school loans, that's quite a bit. <clears throat> yes. So that could potentially put doctors out on the street, uh, streets as homeless, so somebody just clued in, culture versus man just said, uh, gen and tonic instead of vaccines then. So, uh, one of my next, actually, excuse me, my very next topic was Schweppes tonic water has, uh, quinine in it.
1: Correct. And basically the medication chloroquine is synthetic quinine. Basically it was invented, um, they can manufacture it more easily and keep the dose more standardized by making synthetic version of chloroquine. And then they developed hydrochloroquine, but it all came from quinine. Um, quinine is as, as a supplement, I think was taken off the market. So it's a little bit harder to come by, or was it the prescription? But you can get Schweppes tonic water with quinine. I saw at the grocery store, some of the off brands have it too, but you must read the bottle. It must say with quinine.
0: Right. The- so, yeah. Some of the generic brands have it, but what uh, what was the brand that did not have it? And one of the big brands, right? Uh,
1: was it Canadian Mist?
0: Oh, oh, Canada Dry did not have Canada, it. Is
1: it. Canada Dry. But the thing is, I can't tell you the dosing. I can't recommend anything because I'm not anyone's physician on here. But it's basically synthetic. I mean, it's the natural version of chloroquine, which is what we use to treat the disease. Now, for people who already consume alcohol... Switch to a gin and tonic. Be careful though, because too much quinine can have side effects.
0: Funny, uh, well, this Canada Dry image shows it does contain quinine in it. But uh, uh, where is, do you have any idea where it comes from? Uh, Let me see, natural occurrence. Uh, Bark is cheaper, let me see.
1: Wasn't the Jesuit bark or something like that? Bark of the
0: uh, Cinchona? It's a bark. Uh, yeah, it's a bark. Okay, barks like a dog. So interesting. So you know, there is uh, there are some people in the. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll I'll hit that in a, in a few minutes. But uh, what about zinc? And uh, you mentioned zinc a minute ago as well. That's a big help as well, right?
1: Yes, correct. Zinc not only helps the immune system prevent or fight off disease, not just COVID. It's a part of the treatment protocol that we give to COVID patients of the um, hydrochloroquine, the zinc and the Zithromax. Now, they're now starting to only give the hydrochloroquine with zinc because the combination of the Zithromax with the hydrochloroquine does increase um, the rate of a rare cardiac risk called um, prolonged QT syndrome, very rare. I've never seen it, thank goodness, but it can happen. So now it's basically just the zinc and the hydrochloroquine. But we're running out of zinc too. It's hard to find.
0: Right. So, and then the proper dosage of zinc is what, 200 or 220 milligrams? And you it's can only two, get low dose, correct?
1: Yes. It's, it's 220 per day for treatment of COVID. So if you know you have it, that's the treatment dose. The preventative dose to prevent illness, I think is 25 to 50 milligrams per day. Because high dose zinc too long can cause side effects as well.
0: Now, I would imagine, uh, you know, people talking about drinking uh, alcohol with their tonic water that the alcohol would have the exact opposite effect and not be a, a benefit, correct?
1: Too much alcohol consumption can decrease the immune system. Also, typical tonic water contains a lot of sugar And sugar deactivates white blood cells.
0: For about 20 minutes, so.
1: 20 minutes. Therefore, if you're going to do that, choose the diet. Yes, it has artificial sweetener, which is probably terrible for you too. But that's long-term down the road from continued heavy use. If this is short-term use during a pandemic, I think the saccharin is safer than the sugar.
0: Is that what they have, saccharin in it instead of erythritol or whatever it's called?
1: Yeah. This the last time I looked.
0: Yeah. So it's like drinking a tab back in the eighties.
1: <laughs> yes. My, my grandmother drank that.
0: Wow. I, I remember <laughs> I saw it back in the, sh- in the stores recently. I was shocked Why? to see it. It's ridiculous. It's gross. Uh, so what do you feel about the removal of uh, constitutional rights and all of this and just the whole shutdown of everything?
1: I feel torn. I feel so very torn. People don't understand. I'm very much a constitutional conservative, more of a libertarian. I don't believe in taking people's rights away. I believe, you know, people, you know, show the right to, you know, virtually anything within reason as long as it's legal. But as a physician, it's also tough because I want what's best for my patients and the safety of my patients. And I don't like how people have lost a lot of their rights during the isolation, quarantine, shutdown, whatever you wanna call it. But I do know if we had absolutely no change whatsoever in Southern California, it would have been worse. Yes, you can't prove a negative. I know that, but you can't prove them wrong either. And I just know we can compare ourselves to New York and I have colleagues of mine who work in New York City and it's been pretty severe. I have a colleague of mine right now who works in Minnesota and he is one of the main physicians who works at the pork processing, the pork processing plant. And there's a massive outbreak there now. Wow. It's going to get severe there. Because I think I read there was 4,000 employees in this one plant. And it's so crowded there. When one person gets an illness, it's just going to spread like fire.
0: Now, uh, quarantine is normally for sick people. What do you feel about quarantining healthy people? Isn't that what Mm -hmm. we call tyranny?
1: Typically, I think the reason they did this is because with COVID, there's asymptomatic carriers. People can have it for five days without having any symptom whatsoever. So if you only quarantine the ones that have symptoms, there's plenty of people walking around without symptoms. So I think that's the reason they did it. And, you know, in true government fashion, they probably took many things overboard. Most people I do believe had good intent, probably not all of them. I mean, I think the local officials probably had good intent.
0: Right. I'd agree with you on that, uh, at least, you know, for the most part. And then you have, uh, well, we'll get into that in a minute. So uh, what about killing COVID with sunlight and people being outside?
1: Well, we touched a little bit on this on your last show, but when it comes to killing COVID with UV UV rays, it's actually UVC. And UVC rays they don't reach the atmosphere the way UVA and UVB does. So you really can't use sun to kill the virus because the UVC is not concentrated enough. If it were, UVC is very damaging, would burn our skins instantly. But that being said, also being in the sunlight increases our vitamin D levels. Right. It helps our immune system. When you're outside, the air, blo- I mean, you have the breeze going around If you're near the ocean, it's probably the best place to be when you're sick because if you would cough, you're not isolating a house or a car with a person. You're much less likely to contaminate another person.
0: Well, you know, speaking of cars, I see a lot of people, and you know what I'm going to (laughs) say. I do. I see a lot of people in their cars by themselves with freaking masks on, or. My favorite, I live in a mountain rural community, and there is a lake here. And I see people walking around the lake by themselves with nobody else around with a freaking mask on.
1: It's not necessary. Um, even the local sheriff's department for where, um, one of the ones where we, we live for Riverside County They've issued a statement that if you're by yourself in your vehicle or with your immediate family that you reside with, there's no need for a mask. If you're out, if you're by yourself, you certainly don't need a mask whatsoever. What's the point? Save that mask for when it's needed.
0: I'm, I'm absolutely baffled every time I see this. So earlier today, I saw a gentleman probably 60-ish walking down the street by himself, nobody else around. He had surgical gloves on and a mask. There's and, no need. In a rural area in the woods with no one around.
1: Yeah, there's there's no need for that. He's better off to I,
0: I, get, I actually like, almost yelled down to him, you need to take that stuff off and breathe fresh air and, and you know. So do you suspect now I spoke to one doctor in my local area and he thought that we would begin to see, uh, an outbreak of colds and whatnot from people using uh, dirty masks and breathing dirty air all the time. What do you think about that?
1: I mean, there, there could be a potential if people aren't cleaning their masks like they should. It's not that hard. The cotton ones are, are washable. People like me work in healthcare field. Um, even my N95 mask that's, that I wear at the, the clinic, we have it sterilized at the hospital, so there's no need to wear it for more than one day. Um, but having a mask on and the moisture collecting and you know breathing it back in again is not healthy. If nothing else, I mean I've seen increased rate of contact dermatitis. People getting a perioral rash from wearing the wearing the mask so much.
0: My uh, local. Uh... Um, chiropractor actually told me he's been having an acne problem from wearing his mask all the time now.
1: I will say I have too, but I'm required to, I work with the COVID patients face to face. Right. I've noticed when I work at the clinic more, yeah, I've I've had more issues with my skin, but it's a good trade-off for me. It's worth it.
0: So Dell Bridge, thanks for the super chat. He says, is the statistical data from the CDC who correct? Correct. And you know, and we we all know that Trump cut funding from the WHO from fudging everything already.
1: Yeah, I I don't know the exact numbers he's speaking of. I mean, the the WHO is such a liberal a liberal organization that I wouldn't trust anything they put out. The CDC is not far behind, which is sad.
0: Yeah. So you're you're not trusting of either organization. Now, uh, here we go. What do you think about Bill Gates and his promotion of this new mm-hmm. vaccine that he just slammed through? I mean, so a month ago, this thing supposedly spread and then he's already been shipping a vaccine out for what, a week and a half or two weeks now? So did he just have that in his back pocket ready to whip out? And, you know, obviously he had the patents on this stuff already from uh, 2019, apparently last summer.
1: Yeah, it's I wouldn't trust, I mean, my personal opinion, people need to talk to their own physician, of course, but I wouldn't trust the vaccine from the Gates Foundation whatsoever.
0: Now, uh, this guy Fauci, I've heard, I have not verified that he is on the Gates uh, board for vaccines.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. Things I've seen online, articles I've read, there's so many photographs, those two together, that my personal opinion is I think Trump unfortunately put his faith in the wrong position.
0: Right. Well, and then Fauci was uh, behind the whole AIDS epidemic thing back in the 80s, too. And I've interviewed a world-leading virologist, Dr. Peter Duesberg about nine, ten years ago on that. And he had a lot to say about that whole scandal as well, on and off the air. He told me a lot more off the air than he said on the air. But uh, basically, he was defunded up at UC Berkeley for uh, telling the truth about the whole... HIV equals AIDS thing, the acquired immune deficiency syndrome, and so uh, let's see. So you're not pro Fauci, not pro Gates. You're what? What do you? You know, people often throw out there. Well, you're a doctor. You had training. It's like anybody who has a job in anything has training of some sort. If you're a stockbroker, you get training. If you, you know, babysit, you get training to, you know, change diapers or whatever. But what do you say to people uh, regarding vaccines in general? What's your stance on that?
1: We discussed this a little bit on your last show. I do think that there are several vaccines that the older vaccines that have lots of um, more research and plus just experience with patients, a lot of them you know, can be beneficial. I have less faith in the newer vaccines they pushed out so quickly with less research. And in my career, there's a few vaccines that the pharmaceutical industry really seemed to pound hard on us. Like out of, the of nowhere was suddenly told we must write this vaccine. We must do this. I'm like, no, I don't. there's nothing I must do. It's, not, it's my degree. You can't tell me what to do. So I'm on the fence. There's certain vaccines that make sense, and there's certain ones that don't. My patients, they know I talk with them, but ultimately, it's their decision. I'm not going to browbeat them. I'm going to give them what they're comfortable with and I can tell you I'm not comfortable with a vaccine funded by the Gates Foundation.
0: (laughs) Right yeah definitely and uh you know I've seen some uh, vaccine damage in my own family so uh you know years ago I interviewed Dr. Andrew Wakefield on the MMR vaccine and his whole scandal he lost his medical license for uh coming out against the MMR vaccine. And uh, Richard Horton at the Lancet, who was one of his best friends out at the time, published a whole bunch of uh, garbage against him and, uh, and what he had exposed. But I think he probably did better on the lecture circuit going out against the MMR vaccine than he did as a doctor. But he's not against all vaccine-sweeping generalization either. Uh, Lee McCammy, thanks for the super chat. He says, our Canadian officials decided that who were the people with our best interests, and so they just stood by and planted their fiddles. Thanks for that. Um, I guess, you know, uh, stuck by the WHO organization. Well, Trump defunded uh, the WHO and uh, came out against them. We'll see if he outs... uh, Fauci and these guys anytime soon you know I think you know if Trump wants to save his ass for this whole thing he really needs to distance himself from Fauci and fast I agree um let's see and then there's uh Bill Gates going on TED talk saying that he wanted to use vaccines to control the world population do you remember that did you ever see that clip
1: I never actually saw that clip but I've read about it yes
0: Oh, I've I've seen it many times, and then, uh, you know, on Catalina Island off of Los Angeles, they, back in the 20s, they uh, had uh, a, a film crew bought out, brought out a bunch of bison for a movie, and then the bison grew into a large herd, and so when I, two years ago, I was on Catalina Island, and uh, I came across on a window of the... Uh, the group that does the that does the uh, the tours and yeah, well, they do the tours, but they run the trust for Catalina Island. Oh. But uh, they said that they were using uh, uh, shots, uh, you know, to control the bison population. They were using uh, vaccines to control the population. then just recently, within the last couple of months, I saw. Another one come out saying that uh, California's deer population is out of control. You know because they've slandered and trashed and and done so much to damage the hunters in California and make it difficult and make hunting licenses for the hunters like two, three hundred dollars and whatnot. So California doesn't have enough hunters to. So there's the solution they came up with was to vaccinate the deer population for you know for uh, fertility. So. <laughs> what's that? Yeah, it's totally ridiculous. It's like lower the hunting licenses, stop harassing hunters and, uh, you know, get, get them back out there. And then guess what? In a deer season, the problem would be solved.
1: I mean, I was born and raised in Southwestern Pennsylvania and trust me, the white tailed deer population there is huge. And whenever the population would increase, they would increase the amount of um, tags available for hunters to, to use. And it's more than about hunting. I knew several men who they themselves didn't consume much deer. They would donate the meat to the local food pantries.
0: Well, I know somebody who a few years ago went deer hunting in Michigan and uh, donated a, a deer to a family of five or six who uh, parents were out of work and whatnot and had you know several kids, and he donated the whole uh, the whole deer to them, you know, so, Mm -hmm. you know, people, people, um, you know, ostracizing hunters and whatnot, it makes me sick. I used to have this, uh, business partner who I went on a duck hunting trip for Christmas and he wouldn't talk to me for three weeks because I went on a duck hunting trip. Meanwhile, he would go to Sonic and eat burgers all the time. But, you know, it was like, you know, really, really strange beta male behavior. Um, Let's see here. Do you have anything to? Uh, or let me see. Wrong one there. I should probably highlight that so I don't ask it again. Um. We already talked about these last one. Uh, other treatments except COVID are canceled. Blah blah blah. What is your opinion about parks and uh, what not being closed down in Huntington Beach? Get this, which is between you know, or in Orange County. At the ocean, obviously. They actually brought in bulldozers and filled in on the beach, they took beach sand and filled in the skate parks.
1: I saw that. I think it was ridiculous. Mostly the the people who use that are, you know, teenagers. And if you watch the video clip of them filling it in, in the background in the ocean are surfers.
0: So, so are they going to fill in the ocean? And, and, you know, surfing is, you know, skateboarding is surfing with wheels rather than waves. Correct. And, and you're on a, you're on a board, you're on a stick and, you know.
1: And, and ha- have you seen them skateboard? They're six feet apart minimum. If not, they'll crash into each other.
0: I think they're it's, usually a lot more than that. I mean, yeah, well, skateboarding, yeah. uh, surfing—either way, you know. Yeah. The,
1: I mean, I think they should be allowed to do that because these teenagers are going to go home and get stuck in the house, not get the sun, not get the fresh air they need. Or the whole reason they invented the skate parks was to prevent businesses from the skaters using the businesses, the rails, the stairs. So now they're going go you know, to they're gonna, they're
0: gonna go back to that.
1: they are going to go back to that. But from a healthcare standpoint, nothing is healthier than being in the fresh air and sun. It's common sense.
0: When I was probably 13 or 14, probably about my son's age, I got mononucleosis and uh, was told I had to stay home for a couple of weeks and whatnot. And so every day my mom went to work and every day I went outside and skated. And (laughs) after about... Two and a half days, I was completely over it and uh, went back to the doctors. The doctor was like, wow, it's like you never had it. What did you do? I went outside and I skated all day. So, you know.
1: Well, if you look at some um, articles from about the Spanish influenza, um, was that like 1918, 1919? That one treatment they found to work was all the hospitals were turned to tents because obviously there weren't enough hospitals, they would either wheel the patients out in the sun or just take the top of the tent off and force the patient to lay in the sun and fresh air. And those patients had a much higher survival rate.
0: You know, when, and this was obviously for something different, but when I was in Peru in 2009 and I was doing live shows from the hospital, or not live shows, I was doing shows from the hospital there, Uh, the doctors sent me out of the hospital. I was supposed to be gone for one hour max to go to my son's birthday party. It was his third birthday and I wasn't supposed to make it through the night, but, uh, I ended up staying out for two hours and hanging out in the sunlight. And I came back two hours later to a group of nurses and doctors who were very upset with me for staying gone an extra hour. And, uh, but I felt so much better after getting sun for a couple hours cause I'd been in the ICU for several days and, uh, come back in and then they were able to start treatment that, that evening. Cause they, they didn't think I would have the strength to even start treatment. They thought that I wouldn't make it through that night. So, you know, that was like first, first week of, of last week of June, first week of July in 2000, uh What was it? Nine. So that was a pretty sucky week. So, yeah, I can feel for these people who've had to spend uh, a week in the ICU getting, uh, you know, treatment for crap. But uh, let's see here. Let's see. I am I, I am my own authority bluntly. Just take what they say and process it. Yeah, that's why we give out the trivium dues. If you lack knowledge, you can always find it if it matters. That's true. And you should use critical thinking and study some logic and not think with fallacies. The, the problem with most people is that they think with fallacies rather than using critical thinking and making sure that they verify their beliefs and whatnot. That's probably the biggest issue out there that I see. Um, you know, And studying a little bit of logic, learning the most basic 20 or 25 logical fallacies will t- take you a long way to keep yourself from falling into people's lies and your own lies for that matter. Cause again, most people think with emotion rather than facts. So uh, now that several weeks has gone by, uh, uh, how has this progressed differently from you, the, for you than anticipated?
1: Obviously we thought it would be more severe. Um, when we enacted the stay-at-home order and we got to see how it was panning out in China, then Italy, then New York city I fully expected it to be that severe in California and it has not been, I think due to partially due to the isolation, but again, we can't prove it.
0: Could it also be because of the sunnier weather here in California and whatnot? I, mean,
1: I think part of it's isolation, the sunnier weather, and I really do think we were exposed back in December, January. Here, I here. can't wait until there's further antibody testing. The only problem we have right now are the current antibody tests in the market are not FDA approved. So I don't know how accurate they are.
0: Yeah. Well, I I would like to see one of those antibody tests because I think I had it three, four months ago. So I wouldn't I, mind getting tested for that.
1: I, I think my kids had it too.
0: So uh, less numbers than expected. They said the Washington Times came out a few weeks ago and said, I think it was them that said it was 30 to 50 times or Washington post 30 to 50 times exaggeration. Like from the, you know from uh you know what they expected to what really happened it was about 30 to 50 times exaggerated. Correct.
1: Or 30 50 times you know it was just incorrect. I won't exaggeration, the word exaggerate just has a negative connotation like it was intentional. I don't think it was always intentional.
0: I think there were some people who had vested interests uh you know po- possibly like Gates and and Fauci et cetera or you know, Fauci think, wh- whatever the hell his name is.
1: But you, know, I think, like most physicians, most medical groups, most hospitals, we just took the numbers, you know, you know, as truth, and we prepared for what we thought was coming. So yes, it was exagger- exaggerated, but it's better to be overly prepared than underprepared. As
0: Right. Well, as, as as it the old saying, time. yeah, as the old saying, better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it, you know, as right. it goes for first aid kits and firearms and spare exactly. tires. So, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if, you know, if people in the uh, audience have questions, I, we're, we've pretty much wrapped up what we've prepared. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add?
1: Um, not that I can think of at this time.
0: All right, and uh, again, you know, for those of you who missed the start of the show, I have been working on that article. It's about 117 pages on Islam versus Judaism, going through the Talmud and the Islamic texts and comparing them all. I've spent uh, many, many hours and weeks and weeks and weeks working on it. For those of you who send a $10 or more donation, you can uh, also, you know, and the, the the links are down below there for uh, Cash App, for... Um, uh, PayPal for links to the website. You know, those of you who send your information and a donation, I will send out early copies of the PDF for that, uh, for people to look over and we're going to be, it's going to be debunking a whole lot of bullcrap out there. So uh, let's see. Nobody, I don't see anybody popping up any questions on there. So wow. it looks like, yeah, last time we had a lot of questions.
1: Last time was... Yeah, very busy.
0: Last time it was like people asking the same question over and over. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, 50 times greater than reality, than has been intentional, false estimates, punishment due. Yeah, I mean, some people should definitely lose their jobs over that. Um, let's see, this lady scared the uh, crap out of her, out of him. Mm-hmm. The, Neil says you scared the crap out of him the first time when you were on sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was,
1: if you look at the numbers that we had, the only numbers that I had available to me were the ones coming from the East coast, Italy, China. So we were, we were pretty petrified ourselves.
0: Now I had a, somebody on the listener of the show, uh, Howard, uh, let's see if I can find his message here. I'm not going to say his last name, Mm -hmm. but, uh, He had lost a family member last week as well. And so, yes, while it was overblown and exaggerated, it was also real. It wasn't a hoax per se. The exaggeration is what the problem was. The shutting down of the economy is what the problem was. But, uh, you know, like
1: like right now, I know I know several patients who are still intubated and um, one of them is a nurse that I don't work with but a 40 something year old nurse had a separate hospital she's currently in ICU intubated so And how how pretty, old I think she's 42
0: 42 And with so
1: no, with no health conditions
0: I've been intubated control. before and that freaking sucks I don't recommend yes. it to anyone no thanks
1: And now they have people in the prone position on their stomach instead of supine so it's a new treatment method for the respiratory distress syndrome. So yeah, it's even less comfortable than it was before.
0: Oh, wow. So is that to help it drain or or what? Yeah. Yes, it's to
1: help, it's to help the lungs drain and it helps um, less work for the lungs to actually move.
0: Wow. All right. Well, I appreciate your time for uh, coming on again. I appreciate the audience. Please hit the like and subscribe and hit the little bell for notifications down there. Please uh, send your uh, s- your donations, your support. Much appreciated. Uh, any love you all can send. And uh, let's see. Adam says, I want to add with your talk with Tanya today. We all around here think we had the virus in January 2. Everybody knows 10-plus people that were sick then. But now it's hard to find someone who knows a person with COVID. Hmm. Yeah, you know, in about what three what was that three weeks ago or so, I interviewed uh, somebody who had it, and yeah. and uh, twenty nine of his friends and their family members all had it too. And uh, you know, it
1: just it depends where you're located because you know, in Southern California it was less it's less severe. You know, obviously, I'm gonna know plenty of people with COVID since. I'm a healthcare professional. Right. But most people around here know at least one person who's had it, or their, you know, their friends, neighbors, you know, someone knows someone who's had it. Most people don't know someone who's died. I do, of course, because I look I've worked in a senior community. But the different pockets of different outbreaks across the country are so different. So when people in California are judging the illness based on the response in California, mm. I think it takes away from the severity that's truly occurring in other places. In Tulsa, where I have colleagues, there's some really severe cases and there's some really busy hospitals there. New York City, my friend who works in uh, Minnesota, it's gonna get pretty ugly there. So we're lucky here that it wasn't as severe, but we gotta be careful the way we judge this because we're gonna assume all it's all been overblown, it's all been overhyped. To an extent, yes, but to these other areas, these other pockets, populations, I mean, don't take away from what they're going to be going through now in the future, because they're going to be losing a lot of people.
0: Well, and just keep in mind, you know, what the destruction of the economy will cause as well. And that's, you know, we're, we're, we haven't even seen the impact of that yet.
1: Oh, and that's tough. I mean, actually, I have. I'm, I'm treating patients by Zoom appointments for having severe depression, anxiety, because they, their spouse have lost money. They're, fe- you know, they're fearful of not being able to pay the utilities. They're calling in wanting medications for depression. and like, it's situational. Let's not medicate you. Um, but it's, I see both sides. I, there's, there are people that are completely losing their livelihood because of this. And I I mean, everyone has their own opinion on this, but I do think that we need to try, at least in certain areas, pockets where this we have gone past the peak, open up those economies slowly. Don't open it all of a sudden, or we're going to have a, a second huge wave of illness. But do start opening things up. We have to.
0: Somebody uh, in the chat has a problem with the indoctrinated. Um you know, person who has eight or 10 years of, uh, education on it and 13 years of experience. So you must be indoctrinated, right, Phil? So, uh, anyway, it just, there's always somebody who's got their, got to make their jabs. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, Dr. Yoni. Thank you so much for uh, coming on this, this evening. And, uh, Maybe we'll have you back on again. Uh, Who knows? See how things play out in the next few weeks. We'll see. And, uh, well, thank you so much. Have a good night. Thanks, everybody. Good night for your participation in Super Chats. And, again, if you want an early copy of the uh, Islam versus Judaism in the Talmud, oops, uh, send in a donation and whatnot. Let me know, and we'll get that out to you. Take care, and good night.